can almost see it that dream i'm dreaming but there's a voice inside my head saying you'll never reach it every step i'm taking every move i make feels lost with no direction my faith is shaken but i i gotta keep trying gotta keep my head held high there's always gonna be another mountain i'm always gonna wanna make it move always gonna be an uphill battle sometimes i'm gonna have to Hey, welcome everybody to the Box of Chocolates podcast. I am your host, Dallas, and joining me is... All the way from San Antonio, as you all know, I am the artist formerly known as Deuce. Yeah. What's happening, Cody? <laughs> Not much, man. It's been a busy week. It's nice to have a little, you know, the Saturday, Sunday off, a little time to relax. Good. You have a good Sunday? I did, yeah. Uh, I spent almost the entire day studying. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I... Wouldn't rather be doing anything else with my time. Continuing education, I'm guessing you got some tests coming up? Uh, you know, we don't have like written tests in residency. It's more of every Wednesday is our academic day, and staff just, the slang term for it is they, they pimp us, um, and that's where they just ask question after question after question to make you feel unbelievably stupid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So every Wednesday, your self-esteem is really low. It's, it's brutal. We've got to build you up. It's, it, it's a brutal endeavor to go through, but it's nice now that I'm a second year because all the questions are always targeted at the first years, and so there's, there's at least one layer between me and, and the staff. Take it easy on him on Wednesdays because, you know, he's he's beaten down a little bit. His, his confidence probably isn't very high that day. And uh, if, if I'm moody, it, it, that might be why. There you go. Well, it's not been uh, very many days since we've, um, since we were on this uh, podcast last. Uh, we just recorded with Jerry. Um, Wednesday. What, four days ago? Wednesday, yeah, Wednesday. Wednesday night. It's Sunday now, yeah. We're, this is a quick turn for us, but uh, but our guest made that possible, and uh, we'll bring him on in a minute. Um, but before we do, Cody, I, I had a question for you, and I told you uh, we were texting before the show, and I was telling you that I had something for you, and um, so here, here's my question for you, because I think this is this is still a, a podcast that we, we want to highlight our guests, but we also kind of want to... Um, you know, let our listeners get to know us a little bit too. Um, and we, we tweet about food all the time. Um, so my question for you is, what is your favorite appetizer? So you go to restaurants, you're, you're ordering your food. What's your favorite appetizer and where do you get it? What is it? I'm, I'm a wings guy, man, all the way. Okay, so you get wings for appetizers. If I if I'm gonna get an appetizer and there are wings on the menu, I'm going wings. 
Ten times out of ten. Okay, so where and what are they called? I mean, so is, is it, do you have a favorite? Uh, like a favorite place? Yeah, favorite place where you get wings. Um, not here in San. Antonio. I've actually haven't had wings since we've moved to San Antonio. Um, there was in when we lived in Orem, there was an old place called what was it called? It was a barbecue joint right by uh, does the D not DI uh, where you get your clothes. Um, like what do you mean? the your church clothes. Um. Oh, like a distribution. Yes, yes, by the church distribution center in in Orem on. University Parkway. This is going way back. I, I got to make sure I remember all the streets. And they had unbelievable mac and cheese, and they had delicious wings. And I could go there and get it for like five bucks. It was it was awesome. Yeah, you got to cherish those little places that you you know just maybe you know about or a few other people, and if you can get a deal like that, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. What? I guess at Chili's, which I don't eat at Chili's a whole lot. I'm kind of against the whole chain restaurant thing, but every now and then you get invited by someone to go there or whatever. The queso at Chili's is is, is pretty good. I'll, I'll admit that. The what? The queso. The queso. Okay, I've never had it. Delicious. Okay. See, I'm not I'm not opposed to chain restaurants. I'm not a I'm not a foodie necessarily. I'll, I I can be happy eating anywhere. I, I like to stay local. That's just my own thing. When we when we travel, I like to hit up. The non-touristy places, if we can. Yeah. Um, that's just that's just my thing. But and it, a little side note: every time I go to Chili's, it's all about the chicken crispers. I get nothing else. Really? Chicken crispers are bust. So I'm not. Yeah, I'm not as familiar with Chili's menu as I am some of the other places. But I mean, the one thing you got to get at Chili's is the molten chocolate cake. I mean, you just have to. You know what I'm talking about, right? I don't, I don't know if I've ever had that. I'm not a big dessert fan, actually, like at, really? at those places. You're missing out. You need to try it. Maybe, maybe next time. But if, okay. if you haven't had the, ch the chicken crispers, they're like, no lie, like triple deep fried. They're delicious. So is that just like a chicken nugget or a chicken tender, like, I'm guessing? A chicken tender, yeah. Okay, okay. But it's got like an inch of deep fried, like delicious goodness on top of it. You got, yeah, I love the breaded. In fact, my boys, um, there are a million um, jack-in-the-boxes here in California, and I know that that's a, a place that a lot of my Twitter followers, especially in Utah, kind of are, are, are missing because there's there's some fascination with the tacos and stuff like that. But uh, you can get chicken nuggets for dirt cheap there. So that's where we can take our kids all the time to get like just a – a quick and dirty lunch, and um, I don't know why they. So you give them the option of chicken tenders and chicken nuggets, and they'll they'll choose chicken nuggets every time. But they're gross compared to chicken tenders, right? <laughs> I think. Um, oh, it's not even in the same I mean, ballpark. The the, the taste buds of a of a kid, I guess, doesn't doesn't matter. He's you know, he'll go greasy or whatever, whatever the um, I guess whatever he grows up with, because that's yeah they basically grown up on uh, jack-in-the-box chicken chicken uh, McNuggets or whatever they call them. <laughs> so now are, are you going to answer the same question that you asked me so that we can know about your appetizer of choice? Yeah, I'll answer that. Um, so there's a place 
here in town called um, Buffalo Wings and Rings. It's not a Buffalo Wild Wings or uh, by any stretch, but um, it's so, sort of a similar menu. Anyway, they have a garlic aioli fry uh, that is amazing. So I'm a I love anything potato, um, fries, baked potatoes, mashed potatoes, au gratin. Um, uh, you name it, if it's made out of potatoes, I love it. And and so uh, they have this, these garlic aioli fries that have this sauce on the top, which is, I guess, aioli stands for garlic also. It's, it's another, in some other language, it's garlic, so it's like garlic, garlic fries. And, uh, but they're awesome. They're so good. And you get a plate of them, and they're just stacked like, you know, a mountain high. And... Um, me and my kids will go there and just, if that was everything on the menu, we could, we could order three of those and be happy. Uh, we just order usually just one and then they get the a chicken tender type of thing after that. But, but that, or like a blooming onion. Ooh, from, uh, I do like blooming like, onions. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think, um, Outback Steakhouse has, has blooming onions and, and one other place. I think, um, doesn't Texas Roadhouse have a blooming onion? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So. So those those would be the two things, um, appetizer wise. That, that yeah, and I don't get a lot of appetizers. Mostly I don't, but in, in those places, yeah, I got to get an appetizer. Yeah, is it my turn? Do I get to ask you a question now? Yeah. So, obviously, you listeners cannot see us, but we're looking each other, looking at each other as we record, and this is the first time I've ever seen Dallas without a hat on, and I'm wondering, do you sleep with a hat? Although when I was a kid, I would. When I was when I was younger, I would sleep with a hat. Um, so when I wash my hair or get it wet at all, it just it poofs out. It it afros. I, I have no curl whatsoever in my in my hair. It just it just pops straight out. So I I always own a um, one or two like beanies. And so when I get out of the shower, generally I'm putting that on just. Cause I got to flatten my hair down. Um, and, uh, you put a beanie so on after you get out of the shower. Yeah, I do. Like a winter beanie. Well, not like a, a thick one, but, a you know, kind of a, a stylish one, you know, that, you know, kind of like the kids wear today. And, uh, yeah. So I, yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> I guess that's weird. How long does said beanie stay on your head? Oh, like, you you not, not a long time. You shower, get out, put a beanie on, and walk around for twenty minutes. <laughs> if, I, if I'm going out, like at nighttime, no, I don't. But after that, I don't, I don't understand why this is so funny. Uh, I, it, it just is. I've never heard of that before. Maybe I should try it. If you had some hair to, to flatten. <laughs> Anyway, let's let's get into this. Let's let's move along. Yeah, let's do. Um, so let's do our our uh, very quickly our um, film room session from uh, last week's episode. How'd you think it went? I, I thought it went really well. Just like all of our previous episodes, it was really fun having Jerry on, getting to know him, and uh, you know, learning some things about him that we didn't know. Um, and it, it was very insightful. Yeah, I liked I liked Jerry. Um, he had he just has a um, 
I don't know if it's a calmness about him, but just you can't help but like the guy. Um, I, I thought the, you know, we, we've gotten past some of our technical issues, and my wife actually was. Does your wife listen to these? She does. Okay, so my wife does too, and and as she was listening on Saturday, yeah, I guess yesterday, she said uh, she's paused it, and she said, "Okay, stop apologizing for stuff. You apologize for stuff every episode, so you're not apologizing for stuff anymore." So I'm like, all right. So I'm not apologizing for anything. Uh, if you don't all like it, screw you. <laughs> <laughs> but keep listening, please. <laughs> keep listening, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I thought that the Jerry's uh, episode was, was really cool. I liked the, the, um, the Canada conversation. Um, I liked, uh, I, I, would, I would have liked to have delved in a little bit more uh, into his profession. Uh, where he uh, deals with mental health, and I know that he works with the military too, so that would have been kind of fascinating to to jump into that um, a little bit more. But uh, time doesn't allow it uh, sometimes. We're, we already have long podcasts, so yeah. we've got to get, get these moving along a little bit. So Yeah. Um, well, on that yeah, note. Uh, yeah, let's move along. Let's bring in our guest. Yeah. Jason, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Thanks for calmly sitting there for almost 13 minutes while we just ramble on about beanies that get worn after you take a shower. Yeah, no problem. That was uh, quite the interesting discussion there. You know? do, do you wear a beanie after you get out of the shower? I can't say that I've ever done that, no. But, <laughs> no I'm pretty open-minded. Maybe I'll give it a try. <laughs> there needs to be some kind of benefit, and, and I, have a, I, I get a benefit out of it. I, I I want to pick next time this happens. Okay. Tweet tweet it out. Oh, I want a picture. Oh, I see. I, I want. I've, I've got a I've got a blue a gray one and I've got a gray and orange one. I, I want to see them. Color would you like? Tweet it out. I want to see both. You want to see both? Yeah. All right. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> So, so Jason's actually, we, we mentioned this at the end of the last podcast, he reached out to us, which we're very thankful for, so he's breaking barriers here um, in our yeah. land, of, land of podcasting, and he has a reason, which we'll get into that in a little bit, about why he reached out to us, which is exciting to talk about, um, but we're also very excited to, with all of our guests to get to know you a little bit more and, and kind of get into things that we might not necessarily see or or here in on the Twitter world. Yeah, I'm pretty uh, reserved in real life, so uh, this might be your shortest podcast yet, which <laughs> might be exciting for some of your listeners. You know, I'll, I'll, they're getting so I'll, long. I'll bet you we still go over an hour. We, <laughs> Dallas and I get going, and we just we just get going. Guaranteed, we'll go over an hour. We've already wasted 15 minutes. But bef- we started. before we get into that, we need to do our our IRL segment. Um, I'll, I'll let Dallas go ahead. We'll see if he comes up with some convoluted guess like he always does. No, I don't, I don't understand that, that criticism, but I'll, I'll jump into this anyway. Uh, Jason, I don't know why, um, but I think this about you. Um, I think that you enjoy cooking and I don't, not only do you enjoy cooking, but you may be the primary, uh, cook in your household. Am I right? Are you right? My wife's going to laugh if she ever listened to this because no, I'm, I'm not the primary <laughs> cook. Swinging a miss. Very, very far from that. I, I do. I, I do enjoy it. I probably do it maybe 
twice a year, you know, Mother's Day and a birthday, and that's that's about it. <laughs> so, so what are you good at? I do this one thing, and it's chicken cordon bleu, and it's the only thing I'm really good at, but that's the one thing I always get requests for, so that and, you know, grilling good, stuff. Chicken cordon bleu, though. Nope. Yeah. That, that's pretty good. Those aren't easy. I got, I got pretty good at uh, in Bakersfield, as uh, we'll probably get into, but their uh, tri-tips are very, very uh, famous out there in Central Valley, so I got really good at that, too. But Nice. Well, yeah, tri-tips all the rage out here. Well, swing and a miss for Dallas, still pulling an offer yep. over there. Yep, um, Jason, you're an avid traveler. That's true. So my, my guess has to do with traveling. I'm going to guess that you have been on six of the seven continents, hoping that there's seven continents out there, not embarrassing myself. <laughs> the one that you haven't been on is Antarctica. That's actually spot on, yeah. Yes! Impressive. Really? Yes! Wow. Chalk one up for me. <laughs> Cody gets the first point. Nice Good job. Point. Impressive. Well, this, this podcast can end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good, guys. Thanks. <laughs> All right, so you, you got to tell us uh, where you've been six out of seven continents. Yeah, so in the BYU Geology Department, so I went there for college, and they do a lot of traveling, so that's how I got Asia for the first time. We went to uh, India in the uh, Himalayas. Uh, been to New Zealand and Australia, also personal and uh, geology trip there. And Europe a couple of times, and then let's see, what else am I missing? <laughs> well, you went to Africa, which is a perfect segue oh, yeah. Yeah. into what we wanted to talk about first. Right, yeah. So I've been to Africa twice. Once to Kenya, my, my parents served as missionaries there, and we visited them. And then I also went back last year to actually hike Kilimanjaro, which, which we'll talk about. So, Well, I think it's a great time to just talk about it now. Tell us about it. Yeah, so... Uh, I have a buddy, and he's set on trying to get as many of the seven summits as possible, right? So he started out a couple years ago and asked me to go do Mount Rainier with him. And I thought, sure, that sounds pretty awesome. I'll, I'll give it a try. I've done a little bit of backpacking and hiking, quite a bit of outdoor stuff. So I, I agreed to it and uh, didn't think it'd be as hard as it was, so I wasn't as prepared. <laughs> so it should have been. So uh, it was really, really hard. Like, uh, so that's Rainier. That's Rainier, yeah, Mount Rainier. That was the first big mountain I've done, besides you know, like so Timpanogos. What's Tempanogos. the elevation of Mount Rainier? Rainier's, I think it's just over fourteen thousand. Dang. So okay. it's pretty tall, and it's, uh, it is a challenge. It's a little bit more technical than like Kilimanjaro, but um, but yeah, it was tough just because I wasn't that prepared for it. So but it was. Yeah, it's a huge challenge and I'm I'm not a geography person by any stretch of the imagination, but that is outside of Seattle, correct? It is, yeah, it's in Washington, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of the many volcanoes up there. Very cool. So that was your did you do another hike between Rainier and Kilimanjaro or just I did not. So that was back in 2016. So the next year, Big Mountain, we decided to do, well, he decided to do was Kilimanjaro. And I said, yeah, that sounds even more awesome. So, yeah, used quite a bit of, I, uh, I probably talked about a little bit on Twitter, but I use a lot of miles and points. And so I used all my miles and points, to, not all of them, but quite a few to go do that. So it was very inexpensive to do. And then 
did a six-day climb to the summit of Kilimanjaro. So it was pretty tough. It's usually done in seven days, but my buddy thought he didn't want to use as much vacation <laughs> as he uh, would like to. So we went and did it in six days, and that nearly killed me. <laughs> so was it just you two? Uh, yeah. It was, and then um, I invited my brother. He went, and then word got out, and he invited his brother-in-law, and then his brother-in-law invited his brother. <laughs> and so it kind of turned into this brother's trip with my one friend that he was all that <laughs> happy about. But yeah, it ended up, we had a good group. It uh, ended up going really well. So this is not a guided hike. It, it was just you guys. So... No, it was a guided. In Kilimanjaro, you, you actually have to take a guide, a, a porter's and a company with you. Okay. It's part of their tourism. So it was actually pretty nice. They uh, I don't know how these porters do it. They're packing up two duffel bags, each person up and down this mountain, going twice as fast as you are. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're pretty incredible and with much less gear for dealing with the conditions. So tip them really well, but... They're they're pretty awesome, pretty inspiring, what they're doing. But yeah, six days. Kilimanjaro is it's nineteen thousand three forty one, I think. Dang. Yeah. So can you get altitude sickness? Oh yeah, for, on sure. Either of those <laughs> for sure. You can, yeah. So Rainier, I didn't really feel it. Yeah, it was a pretty quick two day climb. Um, definitely headaches and, and whatnot, but nothing serious. Kilimanjaro. Definitely worse. So, that I think it was the third or fourth day we hit 15,000 feet. And we took a more difficult route just because it's supposed to be better for acclimatization. And uh, so it's a little bit longer and you go up and down. So you go to 15,000 feet on the third or fourth day and then you go back down to 12 and camp there and then go back up and Holy camp cow. at 15 and then you summit. So it's it's a bit of a challenge. And when I got first to 15, I was, I was feeling it. I was having stomach issues and headaches and just no no appetite at all, which is bad because you need to have your energy to hike that far. But <laughs> yeah. luckily, and I would highly recommend this to anyone going, make sure you pay for the toilet tent. <laughs> <laughs> so your porters will, will pack up a toilet tent for you um, if you pay a little extra. So that was that was much welcome on one of the lunch stops when we hit the 15,000 feet. <laughs> well, I, I'm very curious to describe a toilet tent. It's basically a little camping toilet thing inside a little toilet tent, you know, it's like a, a tiny little hut. <laughs> so you so you do your thing in this toilet tent and then they continue to carry this it up the mountain? guy, he cleans it out after every time he sets it up. And he only sets it up at, you know, usually your camp spot and then maybe like he set it up at lunch that one time which is nice. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he's, he's poor guys packing that thing. That's a dirty job. It is. Yeah. <laughs> but there's like, there's like a hierarchy within the porters. You know, you got your guide, your assistant guide then the cook. And I think next is the guy that carries the toilet tent. Right. <laughs> and then there's the porters. So he, the he's, trainee. he's important. He's an important guy. I mean, he's higher than the, just the normal porters. <laughs> So if Cody was in the Porter program, he'd be carrying all the food. <laughs> that would have been would, yeah. that would have been last year. I'm I'm a second year now. <laughs> oh, that's awesome that you, that you've done that. Are, are there future trips uh, planned? Yeah. So there there was this year. He's trying to do one mountain a year, and he wanted to do Mount Elbrus, which is in 
war-torn Russia. <laughs> and uh, I had signed up to go, and I backed out a couple weeks after I signed up just because uh, there's a lot of stuff going on this year. We're new to this area and wanted to travel more around here. So I didn't want to use up all my vacation to do that. And it was thought it was a little selfish of me when uh, to use up all my vacation on myself. So <laughs> I had to do with it. But also, it was, it was a little nervous to go to war-torn Russia <laughs> right now. And so your, your buddy's still going. He's still going. He's actually going oh, wow. in a couple weeks. Uh, him and another friend are, are going. So I'm a little bummed that I didn't didn't go with them but to counteract that I I uh, signed up for this this hike I was trying to promote a little bit I haven't done any promoting yet so this is the first first time I'm talking about it so on your guys's podcast so I hope you guys feel right, special people. Go. <laughs> I like it so I can get one of you guys no uh so yeah so I'm I, I had I had I signed up for a 70-mile hike called the Crucible over three days. Um, it's just a, it's in the Laurel Highlands hiking trail around here. I've never, never been there yet, so it should be interesting. But it's, it's all the proceeds are going towards a, uh, it's called the Veterans Veterans Leadership Program of Western Pennsylvania. So it's a local group, um, but they're, uh, they're doing a lot of good for helping underserved and, and homeless veterans mostly trying to get them back on their feet. So so I set a goal to raise, I think like I think they want me to do like a thousand dollars. I don't know if I'll even get close to that, but um, yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna promote that on my Twitter at some point, put it as a pinned tweet or something and uh, see if I can get anybody to help me out. But nice. Do, is there a website we can go to? Yeah, I'll 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 tweet it. It's uh there's a fundraising page. I have my own page that you can go to and Donate it however much you want, but we'll see if I can get some help. Yeah, definitely. That'd, doing that. That'd be great. So you you're going 70 miles in three days. Yep. So that's about a little over. Doing, I'm doing math in my head. This is about 23 miles per day. That that's a long ways per day. Yeah, and I've heard it's really two days. I mean, they, they most of your hiking is done in about. 48 hours, not 40 hours, but yeah, that third day is just finishing up in the morning. Recovering in a hospital? Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I, I do these things, but... <laughs> just a bank of IVs and things at the finish line where... Uh, yeah. I did see they're going to have like a celebration party with, you know, a local pub or something supplying beers, which... Oh, you got to have you know, the beer after all this <laughs> stuff. I mean, that's what everybody goes for. Yeah, exactly. After Rainier, they had it ready for us, and after Kilimanjaro again, and they're all thinking we're crazy for not participating. But this group of <laughs> basically all Mormons <laughs> going. So, <laughs> and yeah, no, I, I, uh, I have to sign up for these things, or else I, I don't have any motivation to work out. So it's my only uh, motivation to run and and stuff like that, so I can get in shape. Is is there a deadline for donations? Um, I'm not sure, probably just until it starts, probably, which is, I think the hike's in September 7th or something like that. Okay, cool. So first part of September, so there's quite a bit of time. Yeah. Well, Twitter's usually a, a generous bunch, so I, I'm sure if you tweet that out, you'll, you'll get some. Right, yeah, I, I usually try to, to help people. Hopefully, I never have to get the help from a lot of people I've helped out. <laughs> House burning down or, uh, uh, issues with 
medical condition. So <laughs> yeah, and it, yeah, and it's for a good cause with the, the underserved right. veterans. So hopefully, yeah. those that listen and and see your tweets will will feel some generosity and, and be willing to help you out. So everybody listening to this, uh, donate, please. Yeah, it'll yeah, help. There's, there's no better cause than to help veterans that, that have served our country, right? And a lot of times they're just not treated very well when they when they leave the service. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I like that. Yeah, tweet out the information. I'd, I'd like to I'd like to donate something. Yeah, I'd appreciate it. He'll, he'll donate a used beanie. <laughs> <laughs> everything everything helps you know <laughs> it'll help me too you know if i see people donating to my cause i'll, I'll get more motivated more, more motivated to be better in shape and actually finish thing i'm a little bit worried about it so. <laughs> what, what are you doing to train mostly just running running and doing some hikes around around here there's some pretty awesome trails where i live now in pennsylvania so pittsburgh's beautiful it is yeah it's very green rains a lot it's uh definitely a change from where I've lived in the past but yeah it's pretty what so we should just talk about that because it's one of the things that it wasn't on your um wasn't on the outline but but tell us about that move um this was just over the last year I want to say yeah uh, last November we moved from Bakersfield so basically there was the downturn in the oil industry I work in the oil industry as a geologist so um my company was going through some layoffs. Uh, they allowed us to post out if we could find any positions within the company elsewhere. So I saw this position come up in Pittsburgh and uh, applied for it and got it. So lucked out right before they went through and laid off a bunch of people, which is never fun. So got out just in time out of Bakersfield and then into Pittsburgh where a totally different um, area, totally different geology, but basically doing the same thing as I was there. So so same, same company, just different part of the country? Same company, different part of the country. Basically for geologists, where I, my company, you can basically work in Bakersfield, Houston, or Pittsburgh in the States. There's international locations, but, and then also New Orleans, so. I, maybe I'm, so there's oil in Pittsburgh. There's, there's gas, there is oil, yeah, but mostly it's a natural gas reservoir okay so um yeah like i said a little different geology but i'm doing the same thing i'm basically steering the wells as they drill them which is actually pretty awesome um how we do that so, so. do you do you can you describe your job do you do like ultrasounds of the the earth to figure out like where these pockets of gas are well i mean it's basically the same technology but we don't really call it ultrasound <laughs> it's a yeah, we use we use sound waves, seismic data to to image the Earth below us. Um, I'm not really involved in that, other than looking at the the end result, and then um, we pick our targets, and then we're we're drilling these wells. And what I'm doing is basically steering the well, so I'll I can do it from work or from my home actually, and uh, I'll have all my information what's going on at the rig and where the well is at um, based on its coordinates of the surveys they take surveys every so often to tell us where the well's at and then I tell them you need to go up or down or left or right to stay in the uh, in the main target where we'll produce the most gas so that's 
Well, it's simple as I can make it. What, what's your success <laughs> what rate? Do you, do you bat a thousand on these? You look at I a map. Am, actually, you look at I a map and you're like, there is a gas there, <laughs> and the, and every time there is gas there. Uh, so far, yeah, I actually I think I can say that both in Bakersfield and here, but that's because um, I'm not really doing any exploration geology, which means you're like drilling wildcat wells, hoping to find something. I'm drilling stuff that's been developed already. So it's a little bit hard to drill a dry well in my current um, jobs that I've had. It has been done, <laughs> but I have not done it yet. So hopefully I keep that streak going. <laughs> Very nice. Where, where, um, where did your love of geog or geology, I guess, come from? So I grew up, uh, this is a good segue to where I grew up, <laughs> but I grew up in Green River, Utah, which is a tiny, small town. Um, and you're surrounded by awesome geology there. Some of the, the main geology concepts were actually uh, studied in and around the book lifts there. Um, of course, I didn't know that at the time, but surrounded by the Santa Fe Swell, Goblin Valley, Arches, all those places are where I grew up. So I think that's what initially piqued my interest. Um, I wasn't decided that I, that's what I was going to do until after I came back from my mission. So actually, before my mission, I was... I went to one year of college at BYU, and uh, I was actually doing pre-dental. <laughs> I like it. Which, uh, yeah, I was going to say, you might like that, but went on my mission, came back a little smarter, and decided Whoa. that wasn't for me. <laughs> I didn't want to go into to lots of debt. So <laughs> That's why you just joined the military, and then, they, and then they own you and tell That's you where true, to go. Yeah. yeah. So you didn't get too far into the pre-dental stuff, I assume. I didn't, but that's it did help me kind of decide on geology because I came back I looked at all the classes I took which are a bunch of chemistry classes and science classes and thought well, what majors can I actually use this for and geology was one of them so I decided hey let's let's try this out and ended up really liking it and went from there so nice were, were you ever a part of the pre-dental club at BYU I was not I, I went to like one of the intro to dental courses <laughs> where they like they try to scare off people by showing them videos of stuff and <laughs> they no lie it's it's like a like a sub university inside that university They're, the pre yeah. club is huge yeah it yeah it was a big deal there's a lot of a lot of them there so a lot of gunners yep dang BYU Mormon gunners that <laughs> make applying to schools harder <laughs> i'm sure yeah <laughs> see um next on our list was uh we wanted to talk about mcgriddles yeah i was gonna i was gonna bring this up because i noticed the last time that uh i don't know if it was you or or, or deuce that tweeted and uh said hey i'm getting mcgriddles and tagged everyone and left me out so Ooh. i was feeling feeling a little bit left out because you know i thought i was part of that little click you know there's there's certain clicks on twitter you know you got you got certain groups, you know. I thought McGriddle was one of them, and I was really, really sad when I when I saw that. So that was just that was just an oversight. That was not purposely <laughs> done. I, if it was me, anyway. If there is one click to be a part of, I can vouch the McGriddle click is the click that you want to be Absolutely. a part of. Yeah, yeah, that's what definitely I is. One of the so there's, there's a few people that are, I guess. See. The problem with this is, and it's probably me, um, is 
we don't we haven't tweeted everybody in that click every time that we've done this so uh, <laughs> I, I just know Cody's Cody's into it um, I, I like to think I'm the founding father of this you know I think it was I think it was our group that got them to add in the griddles to the to the 24 hour menu oh, I, I remember that I was in yeah, North Carolina driving back right. from Raleigh and we stopped and there was a McDonald's with a, with the McGriddles for 24 hours. And I was like, yes. Yeah, yeah, I think we did that. You know, we tweeted McDonald's. They replied, and they heard us and put it on there. So good work. That was that was the best thing McDonald's did. It, that will save the franchise, that one right, decision. Yeah, yep, I agree. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that will save McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just don't, just don't get the salads. You stay with the griddles, and then you won't get sick. You know? But they're they're so delicious. You bite into them, and it's this pancake with just this little syrup nuggets. And you have I'm I'm a bacon guy. I get the bacon, bacon, egg, and cheese. Yes, absolutely. Oh, so you bite into this delicious pancake with the syrup nuggets, and then you taste the bacon and the cheese and the egg, and it's just so soft and so delicious. <laughs> do, you, do you guys remember your first experience with the McGriddles? My very first experience. Yeah. I I don't think I can recall that off the top of my head. I'm I'm assuming yeah, that you can. Long. Yeah, absolutely, I can. I was I was driving a weekly route uh, from my from my grandpa and his fruit stand up to Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and my grandpa usually just gave me like this wad of cash for gas and for a lunch or whatever, and more than I needed. Um, I, I'd, I'd bring him back whatever remained, but I remember like skipping breakfast one day, uh, when I was doing this, cause I was leaving at like seven 30 in the morning, but before that I had to go get loaded up. So I was starting at, at like five forty five or six o'clock. I forgot breakfast that day. So, uh, on my way out of town in Brigham city, I stopped at McDonald's and, uh, just not knowing anything you know, McGriddles from Adam at the time, uh, just got, you know, a sandwich and, and remember thinking like, this is the best. <laughs> and then for, I mean, so it was a weekly, it was a weekly route. Right. And so, yeah, every week it was the McGriddles kicked off the, uh, kicked off the route and then it just became tradition. And so that's where my love of McGriddles started. Yeah. I remember that. That like was yesterday. And, and you can't just get one. No. Now they're two for four bucks. Right right now they are? In my area they are. Yep. I got to check that out. And Jason's too. Yep. All right, Jason. We will not forget to tag you. I, I appreciate on, on that. Griddles too. There, yeah. There's a few more people we, need, we probably need to remember to tag. <laughs> um, there's some people that we don't let into this group where we haven't yet <laughs> it's, you know who I'm talking about guys. it's like the masters what do you mean it's oh okay yeah yeah uh huh it's like the masters right it, I know what you're saying it's a very select club it is a select club <laughs> <laughs> they could try to join but they've failed so far they can you know we tweeted out and they are feel they're more than free to go get one but not a part of the McGriddles Club, not yet, anyway. <laughs> I mean, they can they can sort. Uh, what they can't do, let's just be clear. What they can't do is they can't call for a McGriddles Day. Uh, okay, I'll agree with that. 
Yeah. So they're free to participate. They're free to participate, absolutely. And we could even tag them if they so choose to be tagged. But they cannot. <laughs> <laughs> call for McGriddle's Day. That is a right that is earned. Not <laughs> oh, but they're good, you guys. Man, they're good. Someone, I haven't done this yet, but someone said to get a hash brown and put that on the McGriddle, and then it's it's delicious too. But I don't, I don't know. The, the McGriddle by itself is just so good, so pure. I don't... I. I can't do that well, if yet. You get a meal, if you get a meal, you get the hash brown with it. So I say eat them separate. I've never, I've never tried to combine them. But. Somebody swears by it. I can't remember who it was, but they, they swore by it. So. I don't, you don't mess with perfection. You just Agreed. Don't do it. Agreed, 100%. So, Jason, what's it like living in Pittsburgh? We know that the Steelers are probably unbelievably popular, unfortunately, with the terrible towel. Are the pirates? Yeah. Are the pirates popular? Uh, not at the moment. They uh, they had a rough off season off season last last year, so they traded away all their best players and the, yeah, they lost McCutcheon. Everybody was, got mad at him. So he was like the man of Pittsburgh. He he's the guy that brought him back to relevance. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They. Uh, it's it's hard to convey the passion of Pittsburghers and their sports. Sports teams, you always hear how passionate they are, but that doesn't do it any justice. They're uh, they're pretty insane about their sports, which is cool. I like living in a place like that. I say, don't you love that though? I'd rather, I I'd do. Love, I love to live in a place that's passionate about them. Um, yeah. Here, people love the Giants, and while I loathe the Giants, I can appreciate their fandom. Right. Yeah. You know, and just their passion for their team. So they. Yeah. When I was in Bakersfield, they. And tried to have a discussion about college football with someone, and no one cared at all. And <laughs> part of that's, you know, I work with a, a lot of nerds and stuff, but still, you know, it's rough when no one wants to participate in that discussion. So there, I, I, I'm just guessing, but I would say the Pittsburgh, the Steelers are, are number one, followed by the Penguins, followed by the Pirates. Yeah, yeah I would say that, yeah. Yeah, they love their, their Steelers and their Penguins. I think, That'd be weird to be in a hockey second market. Yeah, I'm, I'm just not in a. I, I've never gotten into hockey. Um, what's that like? Yeah, what's that like? Uh, it's awesome. I love hockey now. <laughs> I actually started getting into it in Bakersfield with their little minor league team. I, I think I live tweeted a couple of their games just for the heck of it. I think they were playing someone up by you, like Stockton or someone. Anyways, it was uh, pretty entertaining. So I kind of got into it there. Didn't really care because they're a minor league team, but. I mean, first chance I had to jump on the Penguins bandwagon, I took it. They're they're a really good team, so fun to watch. I haven't been to a game yet, unfortunately, but next season definitely plan on going to a few of those games and and adding that to my to my sports teams. Nice, I like it. Hey, have you been into any Pirates game? There, the park in Pittsburgh is beautiful. It is. It's so awesome. Yeah, I've I've been to a few. Uh, definitely went when they played the Dodgers. We'll go when they play the Braves. And uh, definitely been to a few others already. And uh, yeah, I was actually just, we went and filmed a little promotion for my company. They sponsored the little science area. Well, it's actually a playground. And uh, my my kids got filmed and they're, they're on the in-game promos every game. So we need to go, oh, cool. go see that. So. Awesome. Yeah, so it's kind of cool to be part of the community and, and have an 
a stadium so close you can go to any game. Yeah, it's, it's twenty minutes away. It's pretty awesome. Is it the Allegheny River that's that it's on? Yeah, the Allegheny, and then the uh, it's the uh, Ohio, and then the Mon. They call it. It's actually a longer name than that. I can't even pronounce it. Yeah, <laughs> tell you what it is, but yeah, three rivers there come together. It used to be called Three River Stadium for that reason. Yeah. Right. So you you yeah. you tweeted out the picture or the video of you driving through the tunnel. Yeah. And and then downtown Pittsburgh is right there when you get out of it. And I and I replied to that because when we got stationed in North Carolina, we drove out. I, I served my mission in West Virginia and my parents went with us. And so we drove across I eighty. We you know, we did the LDS thing, we went to Nabu, my mom wanted to go there and, and my wife. Um I thought it was cool too. Um and then we spent a couple of days in Chicago and we just kept going until we got to Pittsburgh and then we dropped south. And the whole time I kept seeing signs like Pittsburgh, like 10 miles, 5 miles. I'm like, this is like a major city. Where the freaking heck is this place? Right. And then you drive through that tunnel. It's just like, boom, right there. And it's so cool. All the bridges, they, they have them painted like that yellow color. And uh, we had lunch at the, I think it's called the Three Rivers Park, right across the, the river from the football field. Yeah. Uh, we walked down, and, and my kids were really little. Um, so, But we walked down and had lunch right on the, on the river there and just kind of enjoyed the downtown area. And it was... It was fabulous. It was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty dramatic entrance into the city because it, it really feels like, and this is what I love about it, it feels like you're in a rural area out here in the suburbs of Pittsburgh and then you're driving through and all of a sudden you go through the tunnel and bam, there it is, the huge city. So Yeah. It's a How do you enjoy those cool those Pennsylvania winters? Uh, well, we went through one. It was, it was definitely an adjustment from the Bakersfield winters. <laughs> But uh, it was fine. They keep the roads pretty well, but it's definitely very hilly and a little bit scary. Oh, yeah. Um, I got to tell you, too, what I love about Pittsburgh uh, with what they've done with their uh, with their uh, professional sports teams is they have the color black and gold. Right, yeah. Right? And the Steelers have it. Uh, the, the Pirates have it. And the Penguins have it. And they all use black and gold. I've, I've made this argument several times on Twitter and a lot of people actually agree with me that cities should carry a color scheme. Yeah. And all their professional sports teams should have that because I think that's so cool about Pittsburgh that they're—I mean—they're the black and the gold city. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is. It is pretty cool. And the funny thing about that is when we were looking at houses, we had a week to try to find a house before we moved out here, and pretty much every single house has at least one room or a few rooms painted that yellow color <laughs> yellow and black and so it's kind of hard to find a house that we wouldn't have to paint so <laughs> but yeah it's, it's pretty cool that they're they're all the same color it makes it convenient <laughs> seattle seattle does that a little bit they have that kind of uh, bright green like a lime green their soccer team has uses it i think and then their, the seahawks use it a little bit too but it's about the only other city that I can think of that that has tried even some semblance of what Pittsburgh has, but I love it. I think that's so. That I think that's awesome. So you you're a Dodger fan, correct? That is correct. Yeah. And, and your wife's a Brace fan. <laughs> wearing wearing the Dodger shirt, I like it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Dodgers. That was my first game, first stadium I ever went to when I was a teenager, and kind of started from there. Bought a hat there. <laughs> And then we moved to Bakersfield, and that was the closest sports team, so we got to go to quite a few Dodgers games. So that's, that's kind of how that started. Is is the Dodger dog all that it's cracked up to be? I mean, 
<laughs> yes and no. I mean, it's it's a it's a good it's a good hot dog. It's nothing like extra ordinary. <laughs> but it's it's something I feel like if I went there for the first time, I, I would just have to get it to say that I've had oh, a dog. Absolutely right. Yeah, you'd have to get one. But I think you'd probably be disappointed unless you're a Dodger fan. <laughs> or you could just go next door and get the Costco Polish dog. They're oh, getting rid of those. Yes. Gosh. Throwing daggers, in, man. In typical Costco fashion, they get rid of uh, a popular product. We're going back to Sam's Club just because of that. <laughs> do it all the time. Jeez. Oh, man. So is your wife, does she, she's, on Twitter, she's a very active Braves fan. She is. Yeah. Does, does she does she smack talk? Uh, when she can, she hasn't been able to for a couple of years, which which is nice. This year though, um, Braves are looking yeah, good. Yeah, they're, they're looking pretty decent. Um, she's pretty excited about that. Yeah, I, I I have no idea why. Actually, I do, but um, just the fact that she's still a Braves fan, even though they her family had never been to Atlanta or had anything to do with it, but. So I give her a lot of crap for that. <laughs> but no, they, they have a lot of roots there. I mean, they, they started following from the, the Murphy days, Del Murphy days, and then it was, of course, on TBS all the time. So they're, they're pretty diehard Braves fan, which is which is cool to have in-laws that care so that, much. That TBS contract is the reason that there are so many Braves fans. Right. And, and I remember and growing so up, yeah, that's the thing. I, I, didn't, I hated the Braves because everybody was a Braves fan, you know? <laughs> Same here. That's exact. That that is the true hey, hey, easy. way to approach that whole situation. You, right, the Braves whoa, and the Broncos whoa. hated them both. <laughs> you have Greg Maddox, Tom Glavin, John Smoltz, the, the greatest three-man lineup of all time. I mean, I can't really argue with that, but it's still. <laughs> it was it was awesome watching those guys. Watching Maddox, yeah. the guy was just a magician with the ball. He could put it anywhere. Smoltz would overpower you. Pitch above 85 miles per hour, but had a sub three ERA every. And he wore those glasses sometimes. He just looked like a giant nerd out on the mound, just dominating these massive hitters. The one thing that I'll always remember about those Braves teams, though, is something like 12 straight pennants and one. one. <laughs> hey, yeah. I'll tell you what. Could have been worse. It could, yeah. One's better than nothing. <laughs> but yeah, no, now I, I fully support the Braves. Uh, we go to quite a few games to uh, see the Braves. <laughs> so it, it's it's hard to still hate them. Do, uh, do you push your kids towards the Dodgers? I, I haven't. I actually haven't. Um, the oldest, she's seven. She, she has chosen the Dodgers. She's... She was really big. She understood, you know, last season she was really getting into it, and the Braves were pretty terrible, and Dodgers would always win. So she, of course, she's smart. Uh, yeah, she went with the Dodgers. Why? Why would you like a team that sucks? I mean, I, right, I get it. Yeah. So unfortunately for the Braves, uh, she picked the Dodgers, and then uh, the four-year-old, she just likes to be different from her sister. So she's on the Braves bandwagon <laughs> right now. And the, the one-year-old is still yet to be decided, but. I will say she's worn more Dodgers gear than, than Brave so far. <laughs> so, nice. I, th I think she it, might, she, I think it's she awesome. might end up to being a being a Pirates fan. We'll see. I don't know. Nice. Hopefully, uh, hopefully not. I'd steer away from that one. Well, I know, but hopefully, hopefully they get an owner that actually cares about you know 
putting a good product on the field. Yeah. They'll uh, return to relevance. They were pretty good back in the day. We'll see. No, I, I think it's fantastic that your wife is a baseball fan. My, my wife will go to games with me. We've gone to a, the minor league team here in, in Houston. I've taken her to a couple ball, ballparks and she's a good sport. She'll, she'll go with me and suffer through it. But then when I watch it on TV at home, she just complains. She's like, I, I don't understand how you can watch this. This is so boring. And I'm just like, this is a gem. It's zero, zero bottom of the ninth, like no hits. Right. This is a pitcher's <laughs> duel. This is what I love. And she's like, this sucks. Yeah. I'll admit, I, I kind of used to be that way until I, I really, uh, until I got married and she, she'd have it on TV all the time. And so I kind of got sucked into it. Uh, didn't really pay that much attention before. Yeah. But I, um, but yeah, it's, it, it is a, a lot more interesting when you understand what's going on and all the dynamics of the game. Yeah. I, I think it's just a good family activity, too, to, to go out to the ballpark with your kids and, and family and stuff. Good memories. So I, I think Dallas wanted to talk a little smack on Bakersfield, even though you don't live there anymore, Bakersfield versus Modesto. Hey, that's that's the great no, I didn't want to perfect talk time to start this, smack. This is uh, this is Jason's outline. This I, well, I know you were looking forward to it as well. <laughs> All right, Jason, what do you got? What do you got for me? Um, you know, I'll just say, at the time we had a minor league team. They were called the Bakersfield Blaze, and Modesto had a minor league team called the Modesto Nuts. <laughs> <laughs> tweeted out pictures of the of their mascot yeah so we've had our our company uh picnic every every year since i've been here at at the modesto nuts game and they've got a big nut (laughs) yeah so walks around try try to keep the joke pg but there's a pretty good joke in there about my blaze scorching your (laughs) (laughs) scorching your nuts there every time they play so yeah so no i'll say this about bakersfield it's uh it was actually a pretty awesome place to live, and not because Bakersfield was awesome. Bakersfield itself was a pretty crappy place to live, just mostly because the air quality and crime. <laughs> Anywhere in the Central Valley, you'll get that, though. But just being in California, two hours from the beach, two hours from the mountains, two hours from Disneyland, is a pretty awesome place and family-friendly. So it, was, it gets a really bad rap, and maybe for good reason, but it's uh, we really liked it there, so... Yeah, I kind of feel the same way um, about Modesto. Like, if somewhere to, if somebody were to argue with me, Bakersfield versus Modesto, I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't have an argument. I don't know. Really. <laughs> um, I'm not sure either one of them are all that special and would rank high on anybody's list of desired places to live. Spoiler alert. But. They wouldn't. <laughs> hey. But, uh, like you said, where you can get to within a couple hours drive of, of both of these places is pretty awesome. Right. You guys like got I can get Yosemite. To, um, Yosemite in two hours. I can get to San Francisco in two hours. I can get to uh, Monterey, Santa Cruz in two hours. Um, uh, tons of mountain lakes, um, rivers, uh, Sequoia, you know, up, up in the big redwoods. Um, so while living in the Central Valley isn't the greatest thing in the world, um, leaving it to, to find these other places <laughs> right. is awesome. Like there, there's this place um, that's about half an hour away from me. It's called Knight's Ferry. And I guess that's where they filmed Little House on the Prairie and a few other little, uh, you know, just 
just things here and there, but it is the coolest place I think I've ever I've ever visited. It's got a it's got a river where you can do some cliff jumping into. It's got this big long wooden covered bridge, which is I think it's the longest existing still in the western United States. Um, just got awesome hiking around it with uh, big boulders that you can climb up on top of that are right against the water. Um, it's just a really, yeah. really cool place. And anybody that's ever visited here, that's that's where I've taken them. Uh, you know, just to get a, a feel for, hey, it's not just Modesto or it's not just Bakersfield. It's what do you have around you right. that you know you can find to with things to do. Now you got to be willing to drive, right? And that's what we've realized. Yeah. Um, we would live in we lived in. Uh, in Pleasant View, Utah, before moving out here, and my grandpa had a cabin up in Bear Lake, which was an hour and 45 minutes away, and we never went because we felt like it was too long of a drive. Now, our kids were a little bit younger, too, uh, but now a two-hour drive is nothing. We do that <laughs> every weekend. We must do a two-hour drive <laughs> 25 times a year. I yeah. Don't... Yeah, California is is awesome state for outdoors and, and geology, second only to Utah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we really, really loved it there. Yeah, like, like I said, you know, if somebody wanted to bag on Modesto, it's probably guilty of everything that they would say. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of Modesto, even though you know I've I've lived here now for four years, and I mean it's okay. Um, I actually live in a little town just outside of Modesto, which is called Riverbank, but. Um, yeah, that, that sounds a lot lot better than Modesto, you know? Yeah, so Riverbank. I make sure that I say Riverbank. I don't yeah. say Modesto. Smart. Um, <laughs> in fact, you know, uh, uh, one funny thing about Modesto, and I don't know if you guys, you guys both have kids, so you may have seen this. Um, there's a, I don't know if it was a Pixar movie or um, is Aliens, Monsters vs. Aliens, right? And it's set up in the Central Valley of California. I don't know if you remember this. And, uh, Actually, a part of it's supposed to take place in Modesto, and one of the things that I guess like the aliens start coming down out of the sky or whatever, and, and one of the one of the characters says, "Modesto, why why does all this stuff always happen in Modesto?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it just kind of like I never that that line never crossed my mind, never thought twice about it until I actually lived here. That I then I heard it and it stood out like a sore thumb. <laughs> Everything bad happens in Modesto. Yeah, I think the whole Central Valley has has that reputation. Say, <laughs> so my I have a friend that had his car stolen. My my golf clubs were stolen. You couldn't leave your garage open for more than ten minutes and not worry about something. <laughs> yeah, still had your yeah, garage. We've had, we've had two bikes stolen here. Yeah. Um, Sounds very desirable. You get you guys are just <laughs> you've convinced me. Like I, I'm going there. <laughs> Please take take hey, my bikes, take my golf just get, clubs. Just have your insurance ready, and you'll get it replaced, no problem. <laughs> you have to get invited first, and you're you're not invited. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, you play the organ for church. Do you is, occasionally? Is this? Do you still do this in Pittsburgh? I have once. They asked me to once. We have a. Uh, a very dedicated organ player here who Ooh. hardly misses a week. So I don't get to do it as much as I'd like here, but I have done it once, and I'm sure I made sure to make the most of that opportunity. See, <laughs> so this this used to be was it your 
calling in in Bakersfield, or was it just something that you did kind of here and there? Um, it has been my calling. I don't think I ever had it in Bakersfield. So you uh, you were the master mixing in pop songs into the right. into the organ post loop. Taylor Swift, to be specific. I have done Taylor Swift. I've done some Beatles. I've done some of my lesser known electronic dance music. <laughs> Is has anybody ever noticed? I don't, no one's ever said anything. The one time, I tried to mix it in like really cleverly, you know, try to make it very subtle um, at first, but I wasn't getting any reactions, you know, so I thought, well, I'm just going to flat out play the Beatles here in, in Postlude. And the only thing that happened was one uh, person just kind of looked up strange at the organ for a minute and then walked off. I don't know if that's what they, <laughs> that's what they saw or heard or or not, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's funny because most people pay, they don't pay attention to prelude or postlude, right? I mean, it's just there to cover up what they're talking about. So you you often hear when you stop playing, it gets quiet, and all of a sudden everything gets quiet. Everyone stops talking because <laughs> no one's paying attention, which is fine. But I I like to throw things in there to see if anyone notices. <laughs> That's an awesome idea. Did you like? How did you come up with that? Uh, I'm not sure. I think I put it actually on Twitter the first time I did it, saying, "Hey, I'm." I'm uh, playing organ tomorrow. Anything I should mix in? Kind of was just a joke. I didn't really plan on doing it. And someone said, "Hey, hey, play Let It Be by the Beatles." So I started looking at it. I said, "Yeah, I could probably fit this in somewhere." So I did that. That was the first time I did it, and then ever since it's just kind of been a thing I do every time. <laughs> I, I would have I mean, to do I'm, that just because people don't notice it. I think it's awesome. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe I'll pay for it someday, but. <laughs> Um, no, I try to make it sound good, like, uh, slow it down or, or make it sound still inspirational, spiritual, if you will. <laughs> Anything on the organ is going to sound good though. Right. Yeah. Really. I mean, yeah, and like I say, no one really is paying attention. That's right. You, you notice how loud, uh, a, a chapel gets immediately after the prayer. I mean, it just, decibel levels right, yeah. off the charts. Music yep. callings, organ and piano. My wife plays the piano. She's a very talented uh, pianist. And so she always gets the piano callings. And it's the easiest freaking calling. She doesn't do it. She yeah. just shows up and plays. There's no prep for her. I'm like, this isn't, even a, yep. this isn't even a calling. This is this is crap. I will forever thank, and I think I said this on Twitter, but I'll forever thank my mom for pushing me through and forcing me to keep going on piano lessons just for that reason. It, it really ticks my wife off that I have all the easy jobs and she has always has other jobs. Because it seems like they always give me something easy and have to make up for it with her. <laughs> so, yeah. I always had that force on me, too, the, the piano playing, and it just never took with me. Yeah. I, Ever since I was eight years old, they my mom wanted me on the piano, and I and I tried, and I, I tried, and I just. I, I think I'm the least talented of my siblings on the piano. I just, I can't see beyond the note that I'm playing. Yeah, you know, it's, it's tough when you're, you're in high school and you got sports going on, everything going on, you don't want to keep doing it. But yeah, I was forced to keep, keep going and I'm sure glad that I did. So it's something I do every day, enjoy it. But can I tell you a theory though of mine? And I think they taught, uh, at least my teacher taught us in, in a way that was never going to, never going to allow us to get, you know, gain any interest in, in playing the piano. And that is, 
they would give us all these songs. We had no idea what they were, what they were supposed to sound like. Um, these old freaking piano books that must have been printed in the 70s or the 60s. And this is what we were, we were playing. So we, didn't, we weren't familiar with the, with the music, what it was supposed to sound like, anything like that. And how are you supposed to gain any interest in, in playing an instrument if you're playing something that you don't know about? don't recognize yeah that, that makes a huge a difference huge fail yep on their part yeah i'll say just just even now like once i hear a song i can play it 10 times better than if i just try to learn it from the sheet music and i can't say that i can play everything by ear but i mean that helps quite a bit to that's my wife to will it. listen to a song and then just play it yeah it blows that's my mind how she talent. can do that it's a gift it absolutely I is. I was not gifted with that ability. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. So far from it, it's it's not even funny. Um, next on our outline, I don't know if you wanted to make fun of us or applaud us for our quote ridiculous soda fast. <laughs> I was going to ask, how, how's that going? Are you still doing as he drinks a diet Dr Pepper? <laughs> I think I was set up. <laughs> see that cat of diet dr Pepper. you know it's getting it's late i actually forgot it was there i'm a little sad because it's not as cold as i'd like it you know it's it's getting pretty late here i need a little boost so yeah it's very uh nice and smooth pretty delicious <laughs> anyways how's how's your guys's fast going so mine ended mine went from june 1st to july 1st um i'll be honest there were I had four cheat days, um, which I'm not proud of, but there were some of the, some of that was like I was traveling. It's no, no excuse. That's tough. That's tough. No way. Um, hey, it was my fast. I could do it. I I freaking went to Hawaii and I consumed zero while I was there. I'm proud of you, but that's not me. (laughs) That's that's impressive. um, I, you know, it was a daily thing up till. June first. I mean, without fail, outside of probably you know Sundays, we don't. My wife doesn't like that, like that in the house because it's too big of a temptation for her. Um, but yeah, it was a daily thing. And since this, you know, I, I stopped. What what is it now? Fourteen days ago, um, it, it hasn't been a daily thing. So I mean, I think I benefited from it as far as like just having to have it or or something along those lines. I, I have my I have my substitute which which really helps. I don't think I could do it with, without that, but I uh, didn't, didn't lose any weight. Um, but I, I think overall it was a good thing. It was kind of like, you know, just kind of setting a goal, putting your mind to it. And I mean, like I said, I did cheat a, a few days, but you know, four out of 30 days, it ain't bad. Yeah, so that's that pretty good. Experience. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I give you a hard time, but I mean, you got to live life a little bit. So I, I started, I think it was June 3rd was our first episode that we recorded, and that's when I started it. And mine kind of evolved into no soda to no caffeine, and with the end goal of eventually giving up soda completely. Um, And so I haven't had any caffeine since then. I'm still going strong. But the hospital sells Sprite Zero. It's the only non-caffeinated beverage. It's actually not that bad. But sometimes when I'm really just kind of jonesing for something, I go down and I get a Sprite Zero, and it doesn't quite do it for me but it does it just enough to hold me off from 
from getting either a delicious Diet Mountain Dew or Coke Zero. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I, <clears throat> I don't even like soda. Like, I just drink it for the caffeine. <laughs> and Dr. Pepper is like the most acceptable flavor of caffeine to drink. I will say I, I will enjoy a Diet Mountain Dew once in a while, but um, yeah, I don't know what it is. Just it's addicting, you know. I I haven't really missed it all that much. I I missed the the caffeine late at nights when like this last week was unbelievably long, and uh, man, I could barely stay awake on Friday, and that's the time when I really wanted one. But I I just feel like I. I haven't felt really that healthy over the last year because I'm stuck in the hospital all day long and I don't get to exercise like I want to. Um, and so it, you should see him in this shirt he's wearing. I think I can see his moves. <laughs> Would you like to see them? You took your shirt off last episode. I took my shirt off last time. It's your turn to take your shirt off. Do you right? want me to take mine off? All right, my shirt, my shirt's coming off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Solid. So that, that's my reasoning behind it is, is I just want to feel healthier. And it was kind of one thing that I, I felt like I, if I could get through those initial withdrawals and just stay strong, then I can, I can get over that. And, I, and I'm through those. I don't necessarily like feel any of the headaches or fatigue or anything like that. It's just sometimes I just really, really want that caffeine when I'm tired. But I'll, I'll stay strong for now. Yeah, I went, I went four days recently. And then I had to start working some night shifts to steer the well at night as well. And that just killed that four-day streak. So, yeah. But I will say those, those four days were really easy compared to what I thought they, it would be. Yeah. When, um, when I set my mind to something, it's not that hard. Like, I mean, right. I felt not necessarily – I wouldn't even describe it as crappy. But I, I definitely had some headaches and some pretty generalized fatigue for the first week. But after that, it's been fine. Uh, so I'll, I want to ask what, what's this uh, supplement? Because I, I had to – I couldn't obviously pack – well, I guess I could have, but I didn't pack – any uh, Dr. Pepper to go with me to uh, Kilimanjaro. So I used a, a caffeine supplement and I got some crap for it from, from my buddy because of where the caffeine was sourced from. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, uh, Well, I, you're asking me? Yeah. I'm okay, curious. so yeah, the, it's, not, it's not a substitute at all, actually. Um, it's called, it's an ice brand, uh, just carbonated drink it's, it's LaCroix in a plastic bottle no it's not it is not LaCroix <laughs> several people on Twitter could vouch for this it, it's you know there, there are three flavors I really like there's most of the other ones I, I don't but black raspberry uh, pineapple coconut and um, shoot the third one's grape raspberry and they are they actually taste good like they don't um, they taste like they have sugar in it they don't they don't have any caffeine. Uh, it's carbonated, so you kind of get a, a, a little bit of a, a soda feel that way, um, and no sugar. So um, those are my substitutes. That's what I substitute for, for soda um, most days. And if I drink one or two of those, uh, I, I don't have the, the craving for soda. Um, they're better if, if you pour them over ice rather than, like, refrigerate them for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah. Uh, but over ice is, uh, they're good. And it's not LaCroix. It's, not it's LaCroix. Just, just admit it's it. Not. It's off-brand LaCroix. Cody just doesn't want to believe that there's something out there that, that would help him, but he's, he's too stubborn to, to go out and, and try it. 
Maybe. I don't know. It's, it's, ver- it's verified on Twitter. My my wife will buy LaCroix every now and then, and I popped one open not too long ago, and that stuff sucks. Like, I, I don't... I've actually never tried it because of what you said about I it. I don't know. If you it. have not tried a LaCroix, just save yourself. It is it is nasty. It is... Oh. Someone described it. I can't remember who it was. I don't even know if I followed it. Maybe someone retweeted it. Um, but they said that the taste of LaCroix was like the feeling of getting cut from your football team or something along those lines. And after I drank it, I was like, man, that's, that is definitely true. This stuff is nasty. Never tried it. <laughs> so, Jason, ice drinks, ICE. Go find them. All right. All right, Jason. So, you obviously moved to the East Coast, and your um, your argument here is that it is acceptable for East Coast <laughs> BYU fans to whine about. Uh, BYU game start times. And fall asleep. And I'll vouch for I'll let Jason do his thing, and then I'll vouch for this. <laughs> yeah, so I think I saw not that long ago, I think you, Dallas, tweeted something about uh, you would never fall asleep during a, a BYU football game or something like that. Dallas is a liar. Right. And so, yeah, back when Except I... Except for the, the 2017 football season. I exactly, think yeah. I at least wanted to go comatose right. watching that train wreck. Yeah, luckily I was... I missed most of that season from some of my trips, but... Um, anyway, yeah, so... Back when I lived on the West Coast, I, I had the same thought. Like, who are these East Coast fans complaining about these start times? I mean, come on. If you really love watching watching BYU, watching sports, you'd, you'd stay up. I know I would, right? Then I get to the East Coast and I try watching like a my first basketball game that starts at 11 p.m. You know, and I think they're probably losing to LMU at halftime, and I'm thinking, man, this sucks. <laughs> okay, I, I will say, I will say, I think basketball is a little bit different because you'll be um, surprised. In basketball, there's like 35 games. Yeah. And so, like, I don't feel like the need to see every single basketball game. I'd like to, but I mean, just. You know, my wife. I'm the only sports fan in my in my household right now. Until my kids like start get into it, then we can maybe force this, force my agenda onto on the entire family. Right. Um, but sometimes I gotta miss those. But there are only twelve, thirteen. If you if you make a bowl, there's only thirteen football games a fall, and those you have to you gotta stay up to watch. I can, I understand I'll understand a baseball a basketball game. I. W- I will vouch. So you haven't been there during a, a college football season yet, correct? Um, I got here first part of November, so kind of the tail end then. Yeah, it sucks. It sucks. You first of all, you go all freaking day long looking forward to this game, and I'm I'm just a college football fan in general. I mean, I have my teams, but I, I watch anything and everything, and I and I really do try and watch the BYU games. Um. This is a first admission. Well, uh, there's a little story behind that, but um, if you want to talk to half the people on your on your Twitter followers, you better watch BYU. The game <laughs> the game starts at like 10:30, and it's just it, it, I'm so exhausted that half the time I go to bed at, at halftime. I don't have anything invested in these teams. Don't get me don't get me wrong, but at the same time, I mean, if I could stay up, I would, but I just I can't. Well. Yeah. If you're, 
different though when you're invested in the team though, and, and you follow them, and you and you want to, you're you're invested in the outcome of that. Game. I, I try and watch the BYU games and the Ute games uh, when they're on. And how many how many Oklahoma games do you watch a year? Oh, uh, probably like two. <laughs> this big Oklahoma fandom and yeah, I do it. I, I that is the very definition of a half ass fan, isn't it? Yep. I always I always watch the Texas game. The problem with it, so it's a double edged sword, is a lot of times they're on at like one o'clock in the afternoon and I'm just doing other things. Yeah. Yeah, so I'll um, I'll say I, I agree with, with you Dallas that uh for football, I think it would be tough to not um, to, to to not watch the whole thing. Um, I don't think I'll ever not watch the entire football game. Too uh, too invested in it. <laughs> but I would I would uh, totally understand if you were to follow have fallen asleep during any of the last two years. And I think are, I think I that's what I was gonna say I. I won't um, complain about anybody complaining about it anymore because yeah. <laughs> I, I get it, right? Well, they need to give you something to cheer about and get excited about. Right. In the last two years, um, I, I the, the offense struggled, right? And Ty Detmer, bless his heart, tried but just was not successful as an offensive coordinator. I mean, just you know, it, it was it was a disaster, and in his offense was the most it's the most boring football I've seen in my life. Worse than the guy who who was the guy before him that went to Virginia with Mendenhall? And I? Worse than that guy? Oh, it, oh yeah. Wait wait here's the thing is and I had, you know, 20 years of of coaching college football under his belt by the time he became a coordinator. Ty Demmer, as brilliant as he is in football, just didn't have the you know, couldn't communicate his vision. I don't know what the problem was exactly. Too nice to the players, maybe. I, I know that the, you know, word out of Provo kind of, you know, got out that it seemed like the players were running the asylum, so to speak. And and anytime that happens, you're never gonna have a successful football football team. Um, the coaches weren't disciplinarian enough. Um, I, you know, I don't know. That's just hearsay, and I'm just and I'm I'm repeating just, you know, rumors really. But, um, yeah, Jason, your 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 point is not lost on me. Um, I think that that's where really where we're going. Not not complaining about how bad BYU was or has been. I I do. I I will say this. I hope BYU. Has a good team. They're successful. I can't say I've always had that attitude in life towards BYU athletics, um, but I I do semi cheer for their success. Yeah, see, I worked with a bunch of people that went to the Texas schools and LSU, and so back when they were, uh, you know, beat Texas a few times. Those those were good 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 times. Now I'm surrounded by LSU people. And so after last year, it's, it's it's tough to you know. I need I need support yeah, from LSU, from my team. Nothing on, nothing on LSU. <laughs> that was the- Texas. On the other hand, I used to work with a really cocky Texas fan, 
and told he told me several times BYU didn't belong on the same field as Texas. And then to watch Taysom Hill steamroll him two years in a row was just the best thing ever. Unfortunately, by that time, I didn't work with this guy anymore. But I'd have been rubbing it in his face so bad. Yeah, I got, owns Texas. I got to go to that game at Texas, and that was probably one of the best games I've been to, <coughs> if not the best. I, yeah. I wish Oklahoma and Texas, they always play in Dallas at the Cotton Bowl. And I wish that they, which is a cool event. I mean, it's it's kind of a unique thing in and of itself. Um, but at the same time, I, I wish that they kind of did go to Norman and, and to Austin, uh, to the to the college and to the college towns. Um, yeah, I think that takes away from what the potential of the game could be. I really don't like that um, that they do that. I, I wish they would go to the. Each, each school because I think that robs the, the fan base a, a little bit of, of uh, and I don't, how long have they been doing that? For, forever yeah. man like forever really? yeah they haven't played at each other's on each other's home field in, in like what 10, 15, 20 oh, longer than that probably like 50 years at least really yeah but we, we live close to Texas I'm, I'm probably about an hour from Austin I want to go up to some I want to catch a Longhorns game we're close to Texas A&M I want to go over there um, I like just going to different college venues um, and, and catching the games, even if, even if I don't like the teams. Yeah, you yeah. a great spot to do that, too. I'm excited about, about that. I'm two hours, well, two and a half hours from Ohio State, yeah. a couple hours from Penn State. Pitt's right here. Yeah. So. Morgantown. Oh, Morgantown at night, man. If they win a big game, they burn that town down. Yeah, that's only an hour and a half away, I think. So. Yeah. And they're in the Big Twelve. You can go. You can go cheer for the Sooners. <laughs> I don't think I'd go that far. To, to um, some of the colleges in California to watch games. Um, football or basketball. I, I I went to UCLA. That's about really it. The last time BYU was there. Yeah. Yeah, I was at that game. That yeah. was a fun game. A game we it was a fun won. game. Yeah, we should have should have won that one. But yeah, we we uh we followed all of the OU sports pretty closely out there, which was nice in California for that. Yeah, but. I, I joke that I'm in I'm in uh, West Coast Conference territory. Yeah. And, uh, because there's there's four Bay Area teams that uh, that are in the West Coast Conference, and I've been to three of the four basketball venues, and surprisingly, the bet the. The biggest one is Pacific. Yeah. Stockton, <laughs> is is Bear Rivers gym bigger than theirs? Um, Bear Rivers got a big gym. It, yeah. In fact, yes, it, it's bigger than San Francisco's. San Francisco, I, I'm shocked at how small that that uh, that gym is. You drive up to it, you have you would have no idea that it was a, it was a basketball gym because because you walk in a street level and then and then the and then the floor is below you. Um, but it just looks like a, I don't know, like a building. Um, just yeah, just a building. So that that's how Duke is. We, we I went into Cameron Indoor. I think I did. I say this on a previous podcast. Um, I I can't remember if I did or not. So my dad came out to North Carolina. My mom and dad came out in January, and I told my dad, I'm like, Dad, don't come. Like, there's nothing to do in January. You just come out at a different time. Take time off when we can actually go do stuff. It's just cold, and if it snows, you just can't do anything. And sure enough, my dad comes and. Just like I told them, there really wasn't a whole lot to do, so we were just kind of lounging around the house. And I'd heard that you can go to, to Cameron Indoor for tours, so I looked it up. It was like 
uh, like an hour and a half away. So I was like, yeah, let's go up to Cameron Indoor and just check it out. So we drove up to Duke. We're walking around campus trying to find this place. And there's signs that say like Cameron Indoor. But, and we walked around it, no lie, probably three times. We had no idea what it was. It looked just like the, the classroom buildings. And uh, so we found the bookstore right across the, from where it was at. And we went in there and we asked this lady, like, hey, where's Cameron Indoor at? Like, we can't find it. And she points, she's just like, it's right there, you're looking at it. And so I asked her about the tours, and she's like, yeah, just go around. She told us where the front door was. She's just like, yeah, go around and see if the front doors are open. Sure enough, this was in the middle of the day. Check the front doors open. So me and my dad let ourselves into Cameron Indoor and <laughs> just walked around. Like, we did like a self-guided tour, um, sat in the bleachers, no lie, for like 45 minutes. And uh, just like took it in. Like, I hate Duke. Duke I hate Duke almost as much as... Duke is like the Yankees for me of college basketball. <laughs> and, uh, but I just had to sit there and just like soak it in. Like, this is Cameron Indoor, so much history here. And, uh, and then we walked down and, and went on the court. We took some pictures at center court. It was, it was awesome. But it, we walked, no lie, we walked around it three times and we had no idea it was Cameron Indoor. Yeah, it, it only seats maybe what? Less than 10,000, doesn't it? I think it's like 3,000 is all. Yeah, that's about what. Uh, University of San Francisco holds. I mean, it is tiny. And yeah, Bear River's gym is way bigger than the University of San Francisco. Props to the Bears. There you go. All right. But I've been, football-wise, went to a game at Cal, went to uh, San Jose State, which was, is the football equivalent to those those tiny gyms we're talking about. That that place is, that place is tiny. And then, uh, obviously, um, the Rose Bowl to watch the UCLA game. But uh, I, I, that that's fun for me. I like to go to campuses and and and, uh, and check out cuz college college atmospheres are, are what it's all about. Absolutely. I think they're better than pro pro atmospheres. Well, it's it's getting late. We're Dallas and I are now on still on Saturday night and Jason is crossed over into sun or excuse me, it's Sunday night. <laughs> Jason has now crossed over the threshold into Monday. Uh, we have one more topic, and then we'll we'll let him go. You busted some teenagers on Periscope <laughs> for stealing ice cream somewhere near Tremonton and Brigham City, and we've got to know uh, about this somewhere in Ogden. I don't know. That, I that's all. I that's actually. all Ogden, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I remember a little bit about this, but tell us a story. Yeah, so I I have not shared this really publicly anywhere so um again first for your podcast guys so congratulations on that <laughs> but no this <clears throat> this is a pretty good story so right when was, periscope was pretty new at the time and uh i uh it's late one night i had nothing to do i was sitting in my house in bakersfield and said oh let's see what's going on in utah right so i opened up periscope there's like three streams going on at the time Saw one near Ogden, thought, hey, this might be interesting. It's Ogden. I might see some uh, crazy stuff going down in Ogden. <laughs> so, so I open it up, and it's these two uh, two guys. I didn't know they were teenagers at the time. I figured they were like mid twenties or something, and they're they're just being stupid, walking around like teenagers would do in old warehouses, just filming, pretending to like be Blair Witch or something that kind of style. And they're they're like cussing up a storm, like f this, f that. I think they, they uh, mentioned the church a few times, just just being stupid, you know. And so, man, who are these guys? You know, 
Anyways, so they, they cross over. I, I kept watching. They cross over some railroad tracks and they come up to like this the semi truck. And one of them's filming. The other guy's like messing with the lock on the back of the truck. And uh, yeah, he's just kind of playing with it for a little while while the other guy's just messing around talking. And all of a sudden, you, you hear the guy playing with the lock saying, Hey, turn that off. <laughs> and so he kind of looks at him and like, shows that he's like breaking into the lock, you know. And he's like, Hey, turn that off, turn that off. And so, yeah, he turns it off um, after that. And I thought, Well, what just happened? You know, they just break into some guy's semi truck. I mean, I had no idea what was inside it or anything. Um, and I thought, well, this this is interesting. I mean, I have their exact location on the app shows where they are. I looked up the the Ogden Police Twitter account to see if I could maybe like, tweet them something or hey, there's a robbery going down right now or something. You actually tweeted I, that? No, I didn't tweet anything to them. I just saw their account there, and it said, "We don't respond to tweets on this account. Please call this number for any questions or whatever." So I'm sitting there debating it, thinking, "Man, should I, should I call this number? It might be." It'd be interesting to see what happens. Um, didn't really think it was that big a deal or anything. It probably wasn't, but so I, I think I tweeted like a question. Say, hey, I think I just saw a, a robbery. Should I on Periscope? Should I should I call the police or not? I think like maybe one or two people may reply. I don't remember. I deleted the tweet right after because I didn't want to be associated with being the one that actually tipped them off. <laughs> so I. Uh, yeah, so I called the Ogden Police Department number and get to some dispatch lady, and she's... So I tell her, you know, I think I, I saw a, a, a break into a, a semi-trailer on on this app, and it took forever to try to explain to her how I how I saw it, right? She's like, on what? <laughs> Periscope? What is Periscope, you know? So I finally explained it to her, and she said, okay, well, I'll send a, a, a deputy out there, and if we need information, can I get, get your information? I said, well, I... I'd rather just be anonymous, right? And so she said, okay. And uh, that was the end of that, I thought, right? So, and I was thinking, how could I follow this? Like, see if they could, see if they get them or anything. And so I I looked up, like, I think it was like Weber County's radio, their dispatch, uh, whatever you call it. And uh, saw you could stream it online. So I started streaming it. And just like started streaming it for like 30 minutes and like I said, a lot of crazy stuff going on, going on around. There's like some domestic disputes going on and stuff. And then all of a sudden I hear I hear over the radio um a policeman come on and say, Hey, can you uh can you get me patch me through to that complainant? I, I wanna talk to him. And I'm thinking, they're not talking about me, are they? <laughs> and sure enough I get a phone call and I'm like, Oh crap. It's from Utah. So I crap, I guess I better answer this. So I answer it and the lady comes on and says Hey, I, I'm I'm online. I'm on on the phone with uh, this this policeman. He wants to talk to you. And so I said, "Oh, all right. I guess. I mean, thought I was anonymous, but I guess you got my number." What's their idea of anonymous? Right. Yeah. So I mean, they obviously had my number because I called it. Um. Yeah. So the cop gets on with me, and he's totally skeptical about how I got this information. Cause he, he didn't tell me that he had found anything. Yet. He just, he just asked me questions like, "So how did you see this?" And and you weren't there. You said you weren't there, but like, how did you get this information? So I'm trying to explain to him this app, and he's like, "It's not buying it, right?" So finally, I 
convincing. Like, I, look, I'm in California right now, and I saw this on the internet, right? They're, they're streaming it on the internet, basically. And so he finally gets it, and it's like, all right, well, yeah, you're actually right. They, I went to the, the location, found the truck, and it's been broken into. The doors were open. It looks like uh, um, they stole some things out of it. So if anything uh, happens, I'll, I'll, if our investigator needs to get in contact with you, we'll, we'll get in contact with you. And that was the end of that, right? So I thought. And so I still listen to it. I couldn't tell. It's kind of hard with all their lingo, what's going on on those radios. But I don't know if they if they found them that like uh, right after that or not. I went to bed, but so I didn't think anything of it. A couple weeks later, all of a sudden I see this news story come out. And like it's like on NBC News tweeted it. It's like or KSL I think was the first part, first time I saw it. But they had a whole video news story on it saying. Two Periscope thieves busted, or two ice cream thieves busted on Periscope, <laughs> live streaming their actions, you know. Like, oh crap, that, that's probably what, for me, you know. And so I watched the, the video on there. Yeah, so apparently it was two teen, teenagers, I think they were like 16 years old or something. I didn't realize they were even teenagers, I probably wouldn't have called them. <laughs> but, um, yeah, they, they had broken into this, this semi-trailer, and apparently it was just ice cream too. I didn't realize it was ice cream. But um, they had... On the news story, they said they, they stole the ice cream and then put it on neighbors' uh, porches as gifts. But this was like mid-July, right? So obviously it's not going to stay there overnight. It was like at midnight when this happened. Yeah, right. Um, so yeah, there's quite a few news stories. Came out. It was like national news because it was just a weird story, right? That they <laughs> got busted for live streaming their own actions. I remember this vaguely. I can't remember if it was through you or if I saw the KSL story. Yeah. Uh, but that is that just so hilarious that they got busted because they were <laughs> using Periscope. Yeah, hopefully oh, they... too funny. I don't know. You know, the, even better about it, uh, it's just kind of a funny tidbit, is my Twitter handle handle used to be at Swiper, like the, the Dora character Swiper, and that's who my Periscope handle was at the time as well. <laughs> so... <laughs> Swiper busted <laughs> these teens for stealing something. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, that is so funny that somebody in Bakersfield, California, can, uh, can call in and, and report a crime yeah, in, Ogden, that's, in Ogden, Utah. That's awesome. That's a great story. Yeah, it's uh, pretty funny. <laughs> but. Well, Jason, it's it, it's been a pleasure to have you on. Thank you for your time. Yeah, it's been been good to be on. Hopefully, uh, this didn't last. It's it's not too long, so you might get a few few listens. We, you know, we started off. You said that this wouldn't last an hour, and Dallas and I both said that we we're talkers. We get going, and sure yeah, enough, yeah. we went well over an hour. Well, at least we didn't just talk about you know like high school sports like that, that one time, you know. <laughs> but we, but I could go on about Green River High School sports. You know, I mean. Town of a thousand people, class of nine, you know, some pretty good high school sports in, in Green River, Utah. I'll tell you what. Purple bees on one episode. Of course, we had to bring it against the one. We uh, yeah. We do like to end our end our show with with a segment we like to call Netflix and Chill. Um, so if you're watching something on Netflix, tell us what it is and and why we should watch it. Well, let's see. That's a that's a tough one. I. I do stream quite a bit. Uh, one show I started watching again 
which I would highly recommend. Uh, it's uh, BoJack Horseman. <laughs> Chappie's uh, a, the fan of that show, I think. Yeah, usually, like, uh, I don't know, I don't think I had the same taste as, as him other than Arrested Development, but uh, yeah, this, this show is just, it's obviously it's about a, a talking horse, so... <laughs> But that's it's that's an where animated comedy, right? yeah, it's an animated. It's kind of a yeah, it's a comedy, but it's also like it's it, like I spent half an hour the other day just watching a a YouTube video <laughs> on and analyzing this this cartoon <laughs> because it is it's pretty deep, you know. It's a uh, it's got a few themes to it. It's kind of a little bit dark and kind of depressing, <laughs> um, but it's also encouraging at the same time in a weird way. Um, but I don't know, it's really funny and explores some some deep topics about you know finding happiness and whatnot so very entertaining nice interesting i've 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 seen i've seen it on netflix just just the you know just the the tag for it or whatever the avatar um but has not how did you get into that show can i ask uh i think i saw you just happen to click on it no i saw uh what's his name gravy holt camp tweet about it i think and I thought, well, there's two people talking about it. Maybe I'll give it a shot, you know. And so, yeah, that's how I started watching it. And, and yeah, expected, huh? it was much better than I expected. I mean, I'm kind of, if you like Arrested Development, it's got what's what's his bucket in there? Will Arnett. He's the horse. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's a pretty funny show. I like it. I, I haven't seen it. I don't know much about it, but I'm always down for something new so i'll have to check it out it's definitely different it's definitely not for everyone <laughs> but yeah it's get past the i mean the cartoon i mean that's that's how that's how they can explore those those topics right they they can uh, make cartoon out of it so they can talk about things you wouldn't normally <laughs> talk about with yeah. normal people <laughs> yeah so, exactly yeah well, Jason, thank you again for coming on. We know it's it's late there. It's after midnight where you're at. Um, hopefully you don't have to get up too early in the morning. Um, but we appreciate your time. And, and, of course, we're thankful for you reaching out to us. You've, you've been a fantastic guest, and and uh, we had a great time. Yeah. Thanks. Appreciate yeah. it. And uh, look for tweets from, from Jason for uh, for the, uh, the hike that he's going to do. Um, yeah. The proceeds that are going to go to the uh, – the veterans and um a good cause so so watch out for that and if you're not following jason jason again what's your twitter handle so people can follow you at luke the saint, at luke the saint fantastic yeah. follow he's he's a he's a good guy uh big byu fan unfortunately a dodger fan uh but just just a nice guy overall if you don't follow him give him <laughs> give him a follow well worth it and if nothing else follow him for that head of hair that he's got because that's awesome thanks i appreciate we're, it yeah. we're, we're, both Cody and I are jealous of, <laughs> of the follicles on your head. My, my follicles don't start until way, way back. Yeah, we, we kind of have the opposite haircut. You know? Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> mine is not by choice. Men, if only men went bald from the bottom up instead of the top down. Yeah, it would look, be, look a lot better. It would be in style. It would be much better. You could at least hide it. by grow, it's kind, It would be kind of like the comb over on top, only you just grow it. It would be like a, like a mullet type thing to cover the... The hair loss in the back, or just a fade, right? Yeah, I mean, people wear their hair like that anyway. <laughs> well, 
Jason, thanks, man. Uh, you've been a good, a great guest, and we've had a lot of fun talking. We have a lot of fun talking with everybody that we, we have on this, and I hope you had a good time too. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate it. You guys are doing a good podcast. Hopefully, you get some more good guests. <laughs> yeah. Keep it going. It's interesting. Well, thank you. We we enjoy doing it, and um, and and have a lot of fun. Like I said last time, it's it's one of the highlights of my week. I think Cody enjoys it too. I, I look forward to this more than you guys will ever know. It's it's a nice change up from uh, from being at the hospital and and uh, it's it's fun. I enjoy it. Absolutely. Well, Jason, stay on the line uh, with us because we'll have some uh, things uh, for you to do after after we get done. Um, we don't have a confirmed guest uh, for our, for our next episode, which would be what would that be? Episode six? I think this is episode five. Episode six, yeah. Yeah, I, I was just going to say they were so special we were going to, you know, hold off on, on telling them who we are to keep the suspense, but you ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> we need to communicate a little bit better, I think, you and I. Yeah, we don't, we don't have anybody. In this, in this podcast relationship that we're forming. I, I had a very busy, busy week. It was, that was probably on me to not have somebody lined up, but we'll get someone. We'll have, obviously, another guest, and, and uh, it'll just be a surprise. Yeah, there's a few people we're thinking about too, and um, and uh, we'll we'll come back with a with another really good guest. But again, uh, appreciate you guys um, getting through this this lengthy episode. Um, hopefully, this is a something that you guys enjoy, and uh, I know we do. Uh, creating it, uh, putting it all together, uh, it, it's just a blast and fun uh, for us. So, um, whether or not we have listeners. Uh, we'd probably do this anyway because I, because I think it's it's fun to get to know uh, some of the people that we follow on on Twitter and Jason. Jason's a good follow. Probably could even tweet a little bit more. I think um, because uh, he, he's kind of sporadic. Uh, come on, Jason. Uh, That's true. Yeah. Game here. <clears throat> up your game. No, I'm all about quality over quantity. That's not really the norm See, on I'm, Twitter. I'm, I'm different. I'm all about. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like. Yeah. I don't care about my quality. I just want quantity. <laughs> I just got to get my numbers up. <laughs> I like it. We uh we need to have a little little McGriddle tweet up in the very near future. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll, we will coordinate one and have one. Looking forward to it. Sounds good. Well, until next time, guys. Uh, thanks for for listening. Uh, subscribe and and find us in uh, all the uh, different uh, podcasts. Uh, uh, hope seeing websites and. Uh, yeah, um, we'll be back soon with, uh, with another great guest. Have a good night.